What is going on, guys? Welcome to the sit down here on the Built in Buffalo Network every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hosted by myself, the Sauce God. Of course, you can follow me right now on Twitter at Buffalo Sauce God. And of course, the sit down is in partnership with Underdog Fantasy, Built in Buffalo is in partnership with Wester, POB Sports, Ticket IQ, and of course, Picasso's Pizza, and much more. And I'll tell you something, I'm joined here with, again, Connor Mahady coming on for a second week. And of I'm course, back. Mafia Montage is over there in LA not having dinner with his wife. Uh, so I wanted to say that first and <laughs> foremost, but if you're just now tuning in, hit that like and share, get the comments flowing because this is the most hyped up night in built in Buffalo's history. Friday nights are now prime time with after our show, 9 PM, there will be another live show. The bills chat will join built in Buffalo live on all platform uh, platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So let's get it rolling Connor, because I tell you what, we've got quite a bit to talk about with Minnesota coming up. Let's get this introduction kicked off and let's get it going. Guy, you are live here on the sit down, of course. Uh, myself, the Buffalo Sauce Guy, and my buddy here, Connor Mahady. So, uh, plenty to talk about, of course. You know, a lot of been has been talked about across the entire nation, Connor, as far as what's going to happen with Josh Allen this week. And a lot of that's obviously due to the stature of what he is, uh, as far as a quarterback in this football league, but also due to what the Bills are currently looking to do this season that's win a Super Bowl. So, at some point during the show, you guys are going to see that segment known as Getting Saucy, in which I'm going to kind of go back off on the media a little bit because it's pissing me off. But, Connor, let's get it going tonight, <laughs> brother. How are you doing, first and foremost? I'm doing good. i um happy to be back with you this week. Came in here, didn't have enough prep for the week, but we know what we got coming for us. We got Minnesota Vikings this week. We got a 7-1 and team. No matter who's playing for them, they have earned these wins. So Amen let's get into it and let's see what we got ahead of us. So, of course, I mentioned earlier that the sit down is in partnership with Underdog Fantasy, which is the best DFS and Pick'em uh, app that there is, especially if you're in a state in which you cannot legally sports bet. And, of course, we what talk about it every single week. There is actually a promo code. If you want to get a deposit match up to $100 right now, go sign up with our promo code. B-I-B, that stands for Built in Buffalo. That'll get you, again, a deposit match up to 100 hours. However, we here Built in Buffalo do not encourage or endorse any illegal or underage gambling bet and play at your own risk. So with that being said, I got a little video that I want to play for you, Connor, before we talk about this. All right. Now, of course, for those of you who don't know what you're seeing, this is a camera angle, which is a much better angle, by the way, of... If you see him, number 14, look at him come down. Look at, look at, look at, look at, hold on. 
It's not that that does it. It's it's not that that does it. It's the helmet throw that does it. That's what does it for me right there, right? And Immediately look at the, the reaction. <laughs> it's just it's just okay at that moment. Like the if they call it the Minneapolis miracle for a reason. I understand that it mm-hmm. didn't win them a Super Bowl or anything like that, but it was a a big time moment. And Stephon Diggs, wow, he was energetic afterwards. And that's kind of I think. When people that weren't already Stefan Diggs or Minnesota fans at that time, mm-hmm. that was a chance for us to see the juice that exists in them, the, the the dog that exists in them. So I think, wow, every time I see that play, and that's exactly what kind of got me hyped up. So it's going to be our first topic of discussion. If you guys are tuning with us, hit the comments and uh, feel free to join in with discussion here because Stefan Diggs is now playing against his former team, right? And I want to know, Connor, what do you think as far as how has that trade worked out for both the Vikings and Stefan Diggs? So coming into it, of course, when the first announcement of the trade happened, hyped. All Bills fans, Buffalo, we were hyped. We needed that elite receiver back on our team. We needed somebody to be Josh's second man, the guy that will get open no matter what the play is developing as. And I was hyped. Um, Still am hyped. Stefan Diggs has been an integral part of this Bills offense, whether it just be him alone with his receptions with his plays or even further on um, with his veteran status, being able to help players like Gabe Davis, being able to help players like Khalil Shakir. So I think he brings a presence to this Bill's offense. And like you said, he's got that dog in him. He does. And that's what this Buffalo offense is built around. We got some players that want to come out and play and they're going to do things that we didn't think they could do. They're going to go above and beyond. They're going to make some plays. And I think Diggs has done just that. So all in all, I think it worked out great for us. Sure, Minnesota ended up with Justin Jefferson. He is a great receiver, but he what he lacks is that veteran status that Stefan Diggs has. I think bringing Justin Jefferson into our team would have been great. He'd still be a good receiver, but he wouldn't have been able to develop the rest of our wide receiver core like Stefan Diggs has been able to do. I think when you look at the whole situation, it was at a time where Buffalo knew they had to go and get a true number mm-hmm. one receiver. Now, it was either going to be in trading or it was going to be in the draft. And before, if some people forget that before we actually traded for Stephon Diggs, we had made a trade in the middle of the night for Antonio Brown, which eventually we saw how that panned out. And thank God it panned out the way that it did. <laughs> um, but it was also a little bit of a shocker, right? But that's when you started getting a sense of, Maybe they're going to go after somebody. But I want to say this, too, because a little bit of funniness to it, right? I remember seeing, like, a year before he actually got traded to us, the, the Bill's Mafia page on Facebook or something was actually posting rumors. I just saw him at Duff's. He's at the airport right now. And it's just funny how that kind of actually circulated to actually come around and us actually trading for him. I don't think he actually stopped at mm-hmm. Duff's first thing. Wouldn't have been a bad move. But I think <laughs> Stefan Diggs coming here was the best thing for him because at that time, Adam Thielen started to come more alive. And Adam Thielen at, actually at one point mm-hmm. was going for basically a record-setting catch, uh, a catcher as a receiver. And Stefan Diggs started, kind of became an afterthought. And everybody labeled him over there as a diva. And I've never gotten that vibe from him at all. No, and he, no. he came out and he said today, you know, that that he has, he started reading books in order to help mature. But I don't think he ever had a sense to mature. He's, he's, he's a big brother. He's always had to, to fight for mm-hmm. a lot of things, you know, coming out of Maryland. And I think Stefan Diggs just 
they just thought that maybe Adam Thielen was better and Dalvin Cook. I don't know. Maybe they thought that they didn't need Stephon Diggs. And sure, it worked out for Minnesota, obviously, because Justin Jefferson ended up becoming um, th- that draft pick. And that's actually who I wanted if the Bills still had that yeah. first round draft pick. Right. So I think that it worked out better for us because we needed somebody that was established. And yeah, we gave up a first round draft pick, but it's worth it. And everything that he has done when he has come here in the community with his teammates has Mm -hmm. been so much more than production on the field. And that's the, that's the things that you can't coach. Right. So Stefan Diggs coming to the bills was a great thing. And it actually ended up working out really well for the Vikings as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably one of the most, most even trades. trades. It's gotta be the only one out there as far as like, you know, both of them getting elite status players. And who's to say that Jefferson comes over and has that same level of success that he does in Minnesota with True. being behind Thielen at that time, or at least thought yeah. to have been behind Thielen. Mm-hmm. Now, Stefan Diggs came here. We had John Brown and Cole Beasley, and yeah, we draft Gabe Davis. But, you know, if, I, I'd like to think that without Stefan Diggs, I don't think any of that's possible. So I'm True. curious to see what you guys in the thing real quick, too. Some guys, too. Matt Matillo, who was, by the way, Montage's buddy, said before it went down, gave 17 the weapons he needed to help unlock them. Um, Jefferson has been a stud for the Vikings. It's a push, in my opinion. A push, yeah, but like it's a push yeah. on two blackjacks is what I'm saying. And the yeah. definition of a win-win scenario, now it's funny I actually predicted that trade with him. And uh, real quick, too, Tyra Andrews, <laughs> what up there, buddy? Uh, who's uh, my buddy, and he's actually number one in the world in chow, just for anybody that, that, that likes to play uh, chow. Okay. And Gage says, good evening, boys. So keep those comments flowing. Now, again, uh, Stefan Diggs just coming to us was probably the best thing for him, too, because being labeled mm. a diva and – being treated that way is probably not the best feeling. So let's move on to our next subject, too. Um, as far as the Vikings offensive playmakers, Justin Jefferson, is he truly at this point of his young career the best receiver in football, Connor? I would not call him the best wide receiver in football, but he can hit one of those top five, top ten spots. He is a stud wide receiver. And you can just see by the amount of yards he is putting up, the amount of fire that he brings to that Vikings offense that for a little bit there was struggling. Um, And to see him being able to kind of ignite that offense, he is a playmaker. He is a big time name in the NFL. Um, So I don't think he is the very best. He's got some tough competition there uh, between Tyree, Cup, Diggs. There's a lot of talent in this wide receiver. Jamar Chase. uh, Core and yeah, Chase there. And I think Chase and Jefferson putting those two alone head to head, <coughs> I would take Jamar Chase. Uh, Justin Jefferson is on a team with less targets, I think. Um, so he's going to get more of those targets. He's going to get more passes thrown his way. Yes, they have Thielen. Yes, they have Dalvin. But Joe Burrow spreads the field between all his receivers, and Jamar Chase is still putting up numbers. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Because it's tough to eat when everybody else has got to eat too, I guess. Yep. you know. So I get that. But I think Justin Jefferson right now, if you're not going to say Stephon Diggs is the best receiver in football, you can't say it's Devontae Adams right now. It's just not it, – the, the production and the results, you know, in their record is not showing for it. Cooper Cup right now, obviously, I think we're seeing a little bit of woes because the Rams have really no offense outside of them. Yep. So it's obviously been a little bit easier to stop them or at least slow them down. I think Justin Jefferson is probably number one right there with Stephon Diggs because 
if you look at his pace, man, it's just historical. This kid puts up yes. yards and he gets catches and it, and and it's funny they'll say he doesn't have a touchdown, then he goes and gets a touchdown. And and he had I mean, he came out of LSU winning a national title. That's why I wanted him. I thought he had a great attitude. I thought he had a dog's mentality. I thought he was the kind of guy that can go get you 10 catches a game, 100 yards a game. He can go in the deep ball, get you in the short routes. It doesn't matter. But he is a really tough receiver to defend. So I think yep. it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. But when you look outside of Justin Jefferson now, I, I'm not sure if Adam Thielen is, is good to go this week, you know, because I don't stay at the date with the Vikings. But yeah. I do know that he was hobbled. So if he's not good to go, that makes it a little bit different. TJ Hawkinson, of course, was also just traded to the Vikings from Detroit Lions, which made no sense to me. But <laughs> last week for TJ, though, last yeah. week for TJ, he meshed into that offense. He mm -hmm. put up more points than you'd expect from somebody coming into a brand new offensive scheme. So he's going to be somebody to key in on for our Bills this weekend. That's for sure. And I mean, at Dalvin Cook, too. Dalvin Cook can yeah. run the football pretty well if they're back up, too. Um, yep. It, but then it's going to come down to our next topic here, buddy. And this is something that people are really 50-50 about. And I love a 50-50 topic because yeah. it can go either way. Now, is Kirk Cousins, in an unbiased way, and I want to know what you guys out there watching think as well, is Kirk Cousins really a good or is he a bad quarterback, Connor? I... It's somewhere in between. Like you said, it's 50-50. I think his consistency is he's consistently mediocre. He's winning games, yes. He's putting up 250. He's throwing for one or two touchdowns. He's not having 350, 400-yard games. He's not throwing for four or five touchdowns. He's not having superstar stats, but he's consistently mediocre. Um right. And, you know, in the NFL, sometimes that is all that you need to win games. As you can see, they're sitting at 7-1. and one. Clearly what he's been doing and how he's been conducting his offense, he's doing some things right. I mean, you can't knock that. Do I think he's in the top tier? No. I don't. Okay, so as far as Kirk Cousins, I, I like how you say consistent, consistently mediocre, but I think, he's, he's, I think when you talk about quarterbacks, is he good enough, right? That's where he's in that topic range. Mm -hmm. Him and Derek Carr, like two guys are in that topic range. I think he might be good enough. I think that he's got all the talent around him as far as targets, sure, but yeah. he hasn't necessarily always had the greatest protection. He always mm -hmm. hasn't had a great defense. And so, really, you could have a, a good quarterback, and but you're still going to have to have the rest of the team mesh together as well yeah. because otherwise, what's the point, right? So I think that he might be good enough. I don't know if he's great. No, he's definitely not great. We've never seen anything. Yeah. And he definitely, if he was great, we would definitely see it because he has that many targets. He has I weapons. Mean, and he would be able to do that without an incredibly uh, an incredible line too. So mm -hmm. I think Kirk Cousins is good enough. However, I think that it's more so because he's just a, you know, goofy white guy with the whole, you know, dance with the chains on and whatnot. Like, come on. It's like Uncle Kirk. It's, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's funny to see that kind of stuff. But yeah. he's definitely – it was so funny to me that when he got traded, I'm sorry, not traded, but everybody was saying how he was going to be such a coveted free agent because you don't see franchise quarterbacks coming out of, you know, leaving the team in free agency. So mm -hmm. he got all the guaranteed money to go to Minnesota. I don't really think it's worked out that well in their favor. Um, you know, that pass that was thrown to Stephon Diggs in that in that video was not thrown by Kirk Cousins. That was Case Keem, nope. actually, which, which is kind of why <laughs> I wanted to actually highlight that as well, because that will be a topic later if Josh Allen will be playing this week, because 
There have been some rumors and leaks going on around the league, as you guys know. So if you guys are just now tuning in, though, hit that like and share button. I am the Buffalo Sauce Guy here, joined with Connor Mahady, discussing the Vikings before we get to the Bills and all that much more. And, of course, the sit-down is in partnership with Underdog Fantasy. So I think, you know, Kirk Cousins is, is, is okay, but Gage agrees with you. He says consistently mid. And Charlie Emma Jr. says he's an average quarterback. And by the way, too, Horrible Harry is back in Buffalo, which is also a really, really great thing about them coming to Buffalo. Like, you know, Harrison Phillips is always going to be loved in this community, and he still is very active always. with the things that go on in this community, mm-hmm. and that's something that I love because it's bigger than football. And Gage also want to remind me of that, too. So uh, keep the comments flowing, guys. But uh, next topic here. This is one that I thought maybe last week was, was kind of a, it was a fluke question to ask, but now – we have struggled consistently defensively in two weeks. And I mean that in the running game. So, Connor, what yep. was what, what do you think was the most – the thing that was the most wrong with our defense in the last two weeks? So, I think we're just seeing the toll that these injuries are having on our defense. I mean, next man ups are saying, you know, we should be able to still stop the run with the next man up. It's not like Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin. It's not like these guys aren't – good enough it's that i think it threw off the unstoppable defense we had going into the first couple games we saw a defense that was shutting down derrick henry was shutting down all of these running backs that should have and could have run ran all over us and now we're letting running backs that i don't think are nearly as good take advantage of our defense i think missing milano last week was huge I think Milano is one of those guys that you see him get near a runner, he's going to make that tackle. Meanwhile, we see Bernard replacing him, getting out of place sometimes, and we also see people missing tackles. One missed tackle, that could be 15 yards. Um, You know, I think Milano is – and same with Poyer. I saw Poyer throw a couple hits last game, but after that, he didn't seem like his normal self. He wasn't putting in the work – like he normally does. And I think we really miss those two players. We miss Poyer. We miss Milano. Those are our prime tacklers. And we're talking about run. So defensive line, we're pretty much healthy there. So there's no excuse why our D line should not be executing like they had been in the first five, six games of the year. So I don't think just missing these two players is the reason why our defense is struggling. I think it's something up front that these guys, they need to get more penetration. They need to push them back. I think they're maybe getting lazy on it. Um, but I really do think the presence of Milano, Poyer, Hyde, of course, I think missing those three, those are probably our three best tacklers on our defense. I mean, so I think I looked at the Green Bay game as more of a fluke because we I expected yeah. them to only allow them to run the football. You're not going to beat yeah. us with your passing. Yeah. So. I think that that's why I looked at it like that. But the, as far as last week, we expected them to run the football, and they still did. So I look at the defensive line, as you said. That's something yeah. that's a good point because as a D-line and O-line, you need consistent continuity and chemistry building yeah. because you're playing next to them. It throws you – it matters. You guys, I can't I can't stress that it, it matters. These are guys – only two of them have played together, and that's Shaq Austin and Jordan Phillips a couple of years ago. So – 
it's a different defensive Ryan look. Yes, you know, Greg Rousseau is is obviously going to be hurt too, which which is hurt. It, it sucks, but Jordan Poyer and Matt Milano not being there is a big deal too. I think yeah. it's just more so if you can run the football on us, it, it's so much easier to once open up the pass a little bit. And then if you're able to just consistently run and get enough passing attempts to really be converted, you're fine. But I think the biggest problem, Connor, is the fact that we're not finishing drives. I feel like if we're not finishing drives, our yeah. defense is going to get a little bit more gassed. So they're going to yep. be – I mean, I think that our defense really at several times this season has honestly – it's not bailed out, but they have made a play after we made a mistake, which allowed us yeah. to then take the game back over. We didn't lose control over the game. Yep. So you can only do that so many times. You can only be you – know, because like, hey, you come to the sideline, then I got to go back out. It's like you can only do that so many times without being huffing and puffing. So yeah, I think that's certainly. the biggest part of it because if you're not even punting it toward towards the you know deep in their own territory, you're losing the battle of field position, which is a yep. it's one of those inner games that is played in football. So I think our lack of finishing on offense, and yeah, Jordan Poyer and and Matt Milano short, especially Matt Milano right now with how mm -hmm. he plays in every asset of defense. I'm not even talking the passing game, everything. the run game, set everything. He does it all, and he is obviously a great leader. And I think, I hate to say it, but he, Tremaine Edmonds' play sometimes can depend on Matt Milano being on that football yeah. field with him. <laughs> and I'm not saying that Tremaine Edmonds sucks, but he didn't look anything like he has played all. And I know that he was a little hobbled as well, but – yeah. Then again, come on, you've got to step up and you got to make the plays. That's what we expect. And we have guys mm -hmm. that have come here and are elite, and we know they can. So, by the way, too, let's take a look at some of these comments, too. Uh, Bobby House says, Yep, Groot is going to be out this week. He's hurt. Vaughn Miller. Give is, some time. By the way, Mama Montage, Nancy says, Hello, <laughs> Go Bills. Hello, and Go Bills to you, too. And Matt says, This game has to be a dream come true for you in terms of storylines with 17 status up in the air, possible digs, Keenum revenge. Cook brothers against each other. Yeah, it's another thing, too. The Cook brothers are playing Lock against each other. On. First time they've wish ever we played had, each other. Wish we had the pocketbook to have gotten McCaffrey. Oh, don't get me started. I also think that Singletary is severely underrated. Very suspect, Edmonds. Amen to that. And very Dalvin. Uh, maybe Dalvin will give baby another baby brother another break. All right, I like that. So, guys, if you are here just now tuning in, hit that like and share your live here in the sit-down with myself, the sauce guy, and Connor Mahady on the Build the Buffalo Network. The primetime day of Friday night as we start you guys every single weekend off, right, with tons of hype, great coverage, and the injury reports, which will be coming up soon because we are all talking about, is Josh Allen going to play? Well, we might have an answer for you later in the show, so don't go anywhere. So let's take a look here, Connor. Getting saucy. I got to get saucy, and buddy. saucy. And, and when I'm getting saucy, that means I'm going to get fired up, right? Because I was even just – I was sitting on the couch <laughs> right before, you know, I do all my prep work for the show, whatever. I'm sitting on the couch watching ESPN, and I hear them talking about Buffalo-related incidents, right? Uh, Sabres, Jack Eichel, Squirt, Hatrick, whatever. And they're talking about the Bills, how they describe the events. They describe them incorrectly as if they were just like they read a news article or saw a video and, and then commented on it. You don't know what's going on unless you're here in Buffalo, right? So why on earth do you continuously count us out? They all keep saying Josh Young's out four weeks. First of all, right now he's questionable. Second of all, I don't even know how serious this injury is. Third of all, neither do they. And fourth of all, why do we always got to hear this? Uh, yeah, they want to make sure they have Josh in case that, you know, for a wild card. 
We're still looking at the AFC East. I don't know why anybody yeah. ever wants to throw. It's like Connor. It's like they wanted the Rams before we even get started. Yeah, I hate that because it's another storyline. It's a storyline, but it's it's always like the national media feels. It feels yeah. like they got to come in and can never just let us let us live, let us yeah. go play. Like immediately, you're working looking at a wild card spot. Do you think that the Dolphins are really that good? You have got to give us that respect. You know what I mean? Because we're the two time reigning AFC East champions with the best quarterback in that division, with the best coach and the best defense and all the above. We're banged up. You're telling me that you don't think that we're going to still win that division when we still have to see all of them a total of four more times? Come on. Come on, national media. You guys got to be better. (laughs) I'm telling you. Because I even hear Max Kellerman saying – yeah, you know, if I'm the coach, I'd be out of his mind if I play. I'm like, dude, you're you're literally on this just in for a reason. You've been demoted that many times for a reason. Just saying. Just saying. And I love this Bills team. I'm not being biased. They need to count them out then. Put it in the locker room. Put it on the bulletin board. Count them out. Yep. I don't care because at the end of the day, I love the way that this team responds in those moments. They become a boy. Yep. They, don't, they don't take no shit. So that's me getting saucy for this week, which I just had to real quick. I'm sweating almost <laughs> from it. Well, let's take a look at some of the comments too in that because I know some people love that. Joe says, let's go. I'm getting saucy boy. <laughs> These Jets fans. Amen to that. <laughs> they all They're come out of the woodwork. Along. Miami, Jets fans, <laughs> Patriots fans at least stay in the woodwork. It don't matter if they got no win. They're still there. We're talking that hot, hot sauce. Amen to that. True Josh Allen is him, and he brought life back to this team, and he is the best quarterback in football. Exactly why. I want everybody else out there to shut up unless you're here in Buffalo, unless you're here seeing it, unless you know what you're talking about. Quit talking about my damn football team. So, so with that being re- said. Real quick, real quick on them counting us out. I saw this stat earlier that Josh oh, yeah. Allen coming off a low passer rating week. Let me pull up the exact stat here. Oh, he responds. Facts. He has a bad week. Facts. Let's see where she at. And that's what we want is we want to respond in any situation of adversity or moments like this where do we sit them? Can we risk sitting them? Can we risk losing a game? You know, these are tough questions to ask. So, of course, I like to see it, especially people are still talking about, you know, as far as the elbow and everything in the, in the past that we saw. And that, guys, is coming up right after this, by the way. The injury report will be coming up shortly. So what do you got here? So this, this stat I'm talking uh, – so he's – 65.6% passer completion uh, with nine total touchdowns and two interceptions with a collective rating of 97.7 coming off a season low game. And that's in the last four games of the four seasons. He beats himself up. And we've seen this time and time again. When Josh Allen is down, just having a bad game, he beats himself up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he responds. He takes every bit of it as a learning experience and he responds. So I'm happy to see, you know, whatever the outcome be, I just know he's going to come back stronger, hungrier and ready to rock. Mm -hmm. I think that Josh Allen sometimes gets a little bit sluggish in mid season and it's, it it, it happens, you know what I mean? It happens to a lot of quarterbacks, but also too, I've talked about as far as him, trying to do too much because he might be in the talks of winning an MVP and maybe that's in the back of his head. And I mean, it, it would be in the back of mine. I couldn't lie to you. So 
Um, we're going to move on uh, to our injury report here in just a second, guys. But you're live here in the sit-down of the Built-in Buffalo Network. Of course, the sit-down is in partnership with Underdog Fantasy. And we will be having a live show at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Built-in Buffalo's networks right after the sit-down as part of the primetime Fridays that we have uh, going on at Built-in Buffalo. So, Connor, take us through the injury report here for the, Built, uh, for the Buffalo right. Bills. And, uh, yeah. So for the injury report, we've gotten two that have been officially ruled out. That is going to be uh, Groot, Greg Rousseau, as well as good old Jordan Poyer. Both of these hurt. They both hurt. With the season that Greg Rousseau has been having, he is extremely important to our D-line. However, it's an injury that he should be back from maybe next week it is a high ankle sprain, so it could be a couple weeks. I think in this time, we have depth at D end. We have depth at edge rusher, and now it's time to see who is the next man up, who is willing and able to fill that spot. It could be Boogie, um, and we really do um, have other options right now. It's going to hurt having him out, but we do get to see these other players that have been waiting for their chance to shine. Um, on top of that, Boyer being out, huge. We saw last week what a difference that makes. So we got two guys starting at safety that their next man up, they're doing great. They really have a lot to work for. They're trying to show out, but they don't have the experience that um, Hyde and Poyer have. They were the best tandem safety duo in the NFL. You can't replace that. You just can't. So we're feeling that hurt. Going into it a little bit deeper, right now we have Tremaine Edmonds as questionable. However, it's looking like Matt Milano will be back. So sad to see that he is out, but it's good to know that we have one of those two coming back this week. Also on the list, we do have, where'd he go? Kair Alam. So this is going to bring us into the Trey White thing. So right now, Elam is doubtful for this week. And it looks like he is battling an ankle injury as well. Something with, you know, a cornerback, you are using those ankles. You can't, you can't be 100% on an ankle injury in the NFL as a cornerback. You can't. You've got to rest that. You've got to make sure it heals up. Um, similar to what Trey's coming off with that ACL. Um, do I think Trey's going to play this week? You know I fucking you you know I hope so. Yeah, um, I, I think I think he's got to, bro. I I think, I think he's we, got to with this matchup. You know, Justin Jefferson. We got Elam out. We do have depth at cornerback, but it's Trey time. It's Trey day, baby. We want to see him back on the field. And you know, biggest of all injury report. We all know who's still sitting on that injury report. We got Josh yeah. Allen on the injury report with the. It's the one injury. we haven't seen on there all year long, too, and that's what sucks. It's hard. It's tough to see, and not gonna lie, it's affected you know, my serotonin levels like all week. Yeah, it actually, just I felt serotonin leave my body just now. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, and it's so as far as Tredavious White, I think that you know how yeah. many times he's been practicing in recent weeks, and it's it's been about you know it's been about a year, really almost about that year mark uh, for the for the ACL injury. So I think if if anything, the only reason he doesn't play is if he feels uncomfortable, if he mentally does not feel good to go. Which yeah. if that's the case, 
I respect it. I don't care if we lose the oh, game. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, your per any player's personal health or mental health is more important Always than my my first. ambition to win. Because hey, instead of getting <laughs> pissed off after losses, apparently I just sleep the rest of the day and don't even watch football anymore. It's so me weird too. to me. I used to be like, ah, at least I got other football on, but now it's like I don't care about that. What the hell? But yeah. I do got guys. So as far as Josh Allen's status, there was a little bit of a, vid a video that leaked. Let's take a Because I think that Josh Allen, you can't hide his status. If he's going to be playing, you know, you have to yeah. list him as quiet. You have to list his injury status in the NFL. You can't hide it. So, yeah. I and you can't say that he's got a massive injury and say he's out and then just change it. Like, it doesn't work that way. So, if he's questionable, yeah. you know, teams are going to have to – it's up to their own discrepancy, really, to decide, is he going to play? So, yeah. to me, it's either one of these two things. Either he's going to play, which – at this moment, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm because um, I think though about Josh Allen, maybe it's 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 a way to throw the Minnesota Vikings off like in a game of chess, kind of with Sean McDermott to yep. make him think he's going to play all of a sudden. Yeah, and hey, because the media was there earlier, but before we get into that, uh, actually, let's talk about this. Well, you know, is this good or bad if he does play? So I mean. He's battling an injury that he is familiar with. He's seen this injury before. He knows what it can do and how it can affect him. Um, also, he knows his pain threshold and where he's at. Could he play? Does If he thinks he can play, he can play. But he's also seen what playing through these aches and pains will do. You know, it put him out four weeks back in 2018, right? Was it his rookie season? He was out yep. four weeks for a similar same issue. So it's something that, you know, he if he plays, I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I love seeing Josh Allen on the field. He makes me happy to watch Buffalo Bills football. But will it be good or bad? I think it's a risky move. I truly do. And I know him as a person probably wants nothing more than to be on the field with his boy Diggs playing and beating his old team. He wants it. He wants to be on that field. But do I think it's good for the goals that we have as an organization? No. I I think he needs to really assess. He needs to have more full practice days. I don't want to see him going down and getting a full tear and needing a one-year surgery. That is what it comes down to. Um, and with a partial tear on that UCL in, you know, one bad play, one wrong bend of the arm that can tear. And that's a one year reconstruction, maybe even two. I think that Josh really, I think you have to sit him. That's my thing. Yeah. I think the best it's thing to smart do move. is just, it's, it's, it's not that we can afford a loss. Like, no, we, we cannot afford a loss and I understand it, but it's because you don't want to take any sort of stupid chance. Now, if if there if the injury really is as severe as it, as they're saying, because what I'm trying to say is after that throw last week, it, it made me think, how could he have an injured elbow after throwing yeah. literally the farthest pass thrown in six seasons? Which, by the way, it, the more that I've continued to watch it, the more it's just like, what the hell? It's just yeah. insane, right? So I think 
maybe at that moment, maybe it's like, hey, maybe we could say that you're injured a little bit, you know what I mean? Because you're grabbing your elbow. So, like, maybe we could play a game of chess with them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't necessarily get into all that because I just want to know if the player is going to play or not. I don't play a game of chess with other coaches and stuff like that. But I think you don't play him this week. You let Case Keenum do what you brought him here to do, and that's fill in mm-hmm. for when he's got to fill in. And props to Brandon Bean for going out there and getting a guy like Case Keenum who – yeah, he might have had a bad preseason, but that doesn't mean anything. You guys have got to remember at times he had some moments. It's just a matter of he's a backup quarterback. Like you can't expect what you can I expect mean, him to come out and be Josh Allen. You cannot expect that. He also led the Vikings to a 13 and 3 season. Like he is a quarterback. He's got some dog in him. Don't count him out. Keener really has shown a lot of veteran leadership in this league, and he's a journeyman quarterback. He's 29 and 35, I believe, over his career. And to me, that's like it's a 50-50 game. So yeah, he still has to find digs out there who's playing against his former team. Mm-hmm. Now I know Josh wants right. to be out there too with him. It's just there's more important things here for this team to really yep. worry about than than all that stuff going on with Minnesota. And and I just I think that. It would be so. It would piss me off if something bad happened to him. You know what I mean? That's the, the way that I This is at. probably the only scenario where the one game at a time, the game ahead of us, is the only one that matters. This is the only time where that is not true. Because if they go into it with that mindset, like Vikings is the biggest game of the year right now, you don't want to see that. You want to see them also value their health, value their longevity in this NFL, and we put some big contracts on some big name players that we want to see in Buffalo for years and years and years. And let's see that. I mean, so I, they, people have talked about, it's going to be a four week injury. So I I really don't know about all that. I just know that if it's not, I'm glad to know that it's not to the point where it's so severe that we're not even talking about this. You know what I mean? So if just to me, (laughs) If Josh tells you, like, I'm a thousand percent good to go, like, let's just go, fine, I guess. But, you know, yeah, but, trust but, him. Player, but but as much as you trust him, you can't control the situations that happen in games of football. You exactly. Know what I mean? yeah. and, and, and ultimately, this kid has got the brightest career ahead of him. You just don't want to mm-hmm. do anything to ever screw with that. So you do yeah. right by the player, but you do right by the team by your team for the future wise too. So that's yeah. what I like about that kind of mentality. But you guys are just now tuning in with us here in the sit down. I am the Buffalo Sauce guy, joined here with Connor Mahady, talking about Josh Allen and all of the rumors. So at the moment, it is one hundred percent official that Josh is officially questionable, and it was seen running out of the facility, and it looked like he ran out of the facility because he didn't want to be seen by the media. Yeah, now, what that means, we're not too sure. We'll let you guys decipher that. Uh, but let's move on to our next subject. Keep those comments flowing, guys. I'm loving what I'm seeing from everybody out there tonight, by the way. Um, but here's the next topic that's really tough. It's 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 tough. But the Bills have struggled t- defensively the last two games. Now, are we concerned? You know, and why are we even struggling? You think? I I think what you touched on earlier in terms of. You know, our offense making mistakes, not finishing drives. I think our defense is getting thrown back on the field before they've even had a chance to catch their breath from the drive before. I think that's what why our defense was clicking so much at the beginning of the year because we were going down, we were finishing drives. 
our offense was taking control, giving our defense time to rest, and they went out fresh and did their thing. Um, are we concerned? Heck yeah, we're concerned. It's, you know, we're we're letting up rushing yards like that old Bills defense. We are allowing people to run all over us, and that's going to open up their passing game. We're, if we're letting rush and rush, if we're staying in that nickel package and just getting ran on all day, not only are they eating up the clock, and keeping our offense off the field, they are also opening themselves up to hitting a 56-yard bomb down the field to Jefferson. So I'm concerned. I think what why we're struggling, it's going to be tackling. Tackling's huge, pressure's huge, and the amount of time that our defense has been on the field is huge. If our defense has more time to rest, they're going to perform better, especially when we got those big boys down on the line that need their yeah. rest. We can't have them going 80% on plays. We can't have them putting 60% out because they're gas. They need to be 100%. Um, and we have people to cycle through, but even then, they should be going 100% every single play. Our linebacker safety situation, that's huge because those are our main tacklers. Those are the guys laying bodies on the ground. Those are the guys making big hits, stopping plays, disrupting plays in the backfield. <coughs> And without those big disruptions, without those tackles for three-yard loss, those QB hits, those QB sacks, without those, our defense isn't getting fired up. They're playing at a baseline, okay, we're here to do this level, not a let's go get it, let's you know make some play. Like They're not energetic like they were to start this season. And part of that is because we're not getting those superstar plays those disruptive plays that we were getting so much so in those first five six games uh you know i again if you give up the run it opens up the pass like you said and it's Huge. so true now yeah. the reason i want to talk about this again you know is because i am concerned it is concerning now because yeah we are banged up defensively i know but how are we gonna how are we gonna respond yeah, we're yeah. gonna say the same thing in the Super Bowl, or are we gonna say the same thing in, in the playoffs? We can't. It doesn't matter. You don't get a chance. You've got one chance, and that's it. So yeah. I am a little concerned because recently the Bills started the season run defensively, uh, defending the run very well. And in recent yeah. years, they defended the pass well, but not so much as the run. Couldn't get pressure. Now we got pressure. We had the run stopping. We had the pass stopping. It's like wow. Now we don't have that. We've let running backs yeah. get it going. But all right, that's fine. But now you're not playing against Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson. You're playing against Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hopkins and Delvin Cook, and and yep. all their defensive playmakers too. So yep. it's not the same team this week, and that's the thing that makes this a little bit more unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah. it's just it is concerning, but this is a time where you know Kyrie Alon being doubtful that sucks too because he's played pretty well. Yep. And, you know, you want your best guys on this field because you need your best guys, especially against guys like just Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson could give you problems alone. I mean, they really have had the formula of Justin Jefferson going down the field and getting me some fantasy points and then giving it to Thielen for most of the fantasy points with the touchdown. Oh, which I've had Thielen on my fantasy team. He is not putting up points. I think they are seeing Dalvin and Justin. Those are their two main men. However, now with TJ Hawkinson, that is another thing yeah, that is different. concerning me going into this week. I mean, if we had both of our studs at linebacker, I'd be a little less concerned. But the fact that 
one week Milano's out, the next week Edmonds is out, and back and forth, they're not able to mesh and really make that game plan for this week. And Hawkinson's a guy that he can go off for 10 catches and 120 yards if you don't contain him. So I really want to see our Milano, I guess, and Bernard, if Bernard's taken Edmonds' spot, I want to see them step up. I want to see them play good coverage. I want to see tackles happening. Um, mm-hmm. If we can tackle them first hit, I think we can keep this game. Even if worst case scenario, Josh isn't on the field. I think we can keep them under 24, 27 points. If our defense shows up. So Alicia asked us the question about thoughts on Von Miller. Just curious. Okay. She actually said, you know, she doesn't think he does. He goes hundred percent. I think actually Vaughn Miller at times this season has over-pursued too much on plays to the point where it's opened the pocket back up, allowing yep. for guys to escape and then get outside the pocket and make plays. I still think that Vaughn Miller has played incredibly well for the most mm-hmm. part. And at times I know Bills fans are expecting him to come out and have two sacks a game. But what I said last week, and I'll say it again, defensive linemen, stats never tell the full story. You know, of breaking the pocket down the correct way and allowing other guys to get there, drawing double yeah. teams, that kind of stuff adds yep. to, to, to his production as well. So Vaughn Miller is still doing what we brought him here to do, but we need to be healthy overall in the other areas of the team as well. And, I mean, mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller could do Vaughn Miller things, but we need everybody else to do the same things as well. So I think and he's only, it'd be essential he's only for him on to have a big game, field. though. It's it's it's, yeah. it's huge for him to have a big game because of, of no course. Greg Rousseau and and because of how much we need something defensively to really work out for us this game because yeah. hey if defensively we're stopping Minnesota then dude I mean like that without Josh Allen gives you a much better t- chance of winning a football game than expecting Case Keenum to go get you thirty five points so that's the tough part about that but Von Miller. We've seen it can make that kind of level of impact in an entire game in the big moments. I think that he brought and, he came here. I like the t-shirts that he's wearing before the games. I like that he pays homage I to Bill's history. T-shirts. And I think that he's it's overall, he is overall a great, a great addition to this football team. And I it's just it's just it's paying out, but it's not paying out the way that maybe we all feel it should because we're six well, instead the of eight. Other, no. The other thing too, Anthony, is like he's saying week in and week out these past few weeks, he keeps saying he puts the blame on himself. He's saying he is not doing enough. And what he's doing, it's satisfactory. It's still good. It's nowhere near mediocre. He is still making plays and he's still getting out there. He's drawing double teams. But like you said, with over-pursuing, I've seen that one too many times. And if I keep seeing that, I'm going to lose my marbles because he, you see him flying up the side of the field, quarterback takes it and runs, running back takes it and runs. They dump it out. He needs to lock it down, bring it in, make the field smaller, but also still be able to get out. Um, And I think it's something he's working on. He knows what he's doing good and what he's doing bad. And he's taking responsibility for his, you know, his play. And I think he knows he can play better. We know he can play better, but he's not doing bad by any means. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing I liked when Greg Rousseau was on the football field too, and, and by the way, we're going to get to this after about the defensive keys, but Greg Rousseau was, was his production was really climbing steadily, you know, with Von Miller being on the other yeah. side. So not having him, 
is a big impact, but maybe it opens up the door for more production for Vaughn Miller. Maybe it makes him have to mm. step up in that moment. So, Connor, give me the defensive keys for the Buffalo Bills to beat this Minnesota Vikings offense. All right. So they got – there's a lot of weapons that we need to stop this week. So I'm going to give one person from each tier of the field. On the line, I want to see big boy Phillips doing big boy things. I want to see him pushing that offensive line five, six yards back into the quarterback. I want to see tackles in the backfield. I want to see things that can disrupt the flow of that offense. Mm -hmm. Number two, I want to see Milano, madman, all over the field. I want to see him making tackles. I want to see him locking down Hawkinson. He is a player that, you know, for years, I've always been concerned about a tight end going into a Bills game. Tight ends seem to always kill us. And, yeah. you know, Milano is able to lock them down, to shut him down, to keep him out of the game. It's something where I truly believe Milano, he needs to come to play. And if he does, we're good. In the back or in the corner spots, you know, Trey, of course, but even more so than that, I want to see Benford coming back and doing his thing. If mm. Elam's out, Benford's going to have quite a load on his back. You know, they got a lot of weapons, a lot of targets. I would love to see him come away with a pick. I'd love yeah. to see it. I think overall, the only thing for the Bills defensively, all that you have to do is you pressure Kirk Cousins because that's the only yeah. time that – well, when I was talking about how if he's either a good or bad quarterback, it's usually because he's mediocre. under pressure. He's under pressure so damn much, though, and, and when he's yeah. got time to throw is when he's pretty damn good. So yeah. I think if you could do that, but you need to be in the correct margin of the turnovers this week. So defensively, I need to see something. Whether it's fumbles, picks, I don't care. I need to, meet, to see some plays there. That's really all that you can do. And then you have to yeah. let the offense try to come out there and do what it does with, with, with the playmakers it has, whatever quarterback's back there. Defensively, you just got to come up with some stops and turnovers this week. So uh, offensively, what do the Bills have to do to beat the Minnesota Vikings? Run the ball. Run the rock, baby. <laughs> can, can we please get 20 carries by one person? 20 carries for one person, my boy Motor. Not named Josh wanna, Allen. Yes, not Josh Allen. I want to see Motor getting 20 carries, and I think we'll be surprised. Um I we we got weapons. We got Naheem Hines. I want to see him getting active. I want to see if if Case is in and if Josh is in. No matter who's at quarterback, Hines is a perfect weapon for this week. He's somebody that we don't need to throw the ball 20, 30 yards downfield for. We don't need to zip it in there, and make a play. We just dump it out. We let him take off. We let him show us what speed he's got, what moves he's got. I think our running game is going to be a big offensive part of the game this week, but that also leads into our offensive line. So notoriously, we are a better pass-blocking offensive line than run-blocking. Sure. Mm -hmm. In the past few weeks, what offensive line? <laughs> we have been yeah. getting blown back, and we have they just haven't been making blocks. And, you know – those big boys up front, they're everything. You can have the best running back with no line, and they're not going anywhere. You can have the best quarterback with no line, and they're not going anywhere. Not to say our line isn't good. I just don't think they're playing up to their potential. I think they can be playing better than what they've been showing us at least in the past few weeks. 
So offensively, I, I think me and you actually sp- – I don't know if I spoke with you about this or if I told my buddy Gino, but I said I don't care if Josh plays. Come out in the first quarter. I don't care if he – I don't really don't care. Run the ball the entire quarter. Go figure yeah. out how you can control teams with the run game more <clears throat> because mm-hmm. Devin Singletary is great. He's good. I really think that he's really good, but I don't think we I ever give him a chance to get it going. So yeah. what I'm hearing people on ESPN saying, yeah, you know, the Bills have no run game. Naheem Hines is just starting to get it. Like, first of all, we're not talking about him at running back one. So, again, don't comment on my no. team. But run the football. Teams can – I hate to say it, but teams can beat you by just running the football. And we all, Bills Mafia, got a taste of it last year when Mac Jones didn't throw the football. And they still beat us, right? So <laughs> – yeah, you have to have. Elite, do you have to have elite running backs? I don't necessarily think the Patriots have anybody over there that I consider no. elite. And the the 49ers in the playoffs a couple of years ago to get to the Super Bowl, they ran the football and never really passed the ball very much either. Mm. So it's possible. It's just that we know we have an all-world quarterback in Josh Allen that is literally capable of doing anything that you ask him. But this is now. It's 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 we got to smarten up here. We're gonna have to play some conservative offense. I hear, I think, in a sense, you know, and and that's even with with Josh not playing. You, you can't expect mm-hmm. Case Keenum to come out there and do the same thing. So just run the play, run the football, come out there and just make it easier for whoever's at quarterback one because that's what's been going. It's 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 the inconsistencies. Yes, the, the lack of protection has been bad. Yes. Yep. But can we just go out and play some sound football? Score. I don't no care if we live with mistake. three. I don't care if we punt. Just nice and sound. No turnovers. Yeah. yeah. That's really offensively all you can do That's if, all we need. If, if Josh is not playing. Now, of course, if Josh is playing, I really just – I don't even want to talk about it because I just want them to take it nice and easy. <laughs> I, I really – and I want them to play because I'll be there Sunday. Sure, but I, mm. I'm nervous about it because it just doesn't – I don't know. It's not that it doesn't feel right. I just get nervous for the guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's our yeah. quarterback. I love the kid. So, um, as far as – who is going to be our hero for this game, Connor? I'll start one off here for you. I honestly think, I think that you've taught, you've mentioned him a lot of times. Matt Milano is going to be the hero for us on defense this week. I think yep. he is really more than capable of making interceptions, a sack, yep. a tackles for loss. He can, can come out all. there and do a lot of things. So yeah. I expect him to be the hero on defense. Now, even if Josh does not play, I still think Stephon Diggs and Case Keenum. I don't. See, I don't necessarily think that it's a revenge game for Case Keenum, but for Stephon Diggs, yeah, yeah. So I think that those two can find a way to get it going. So I think Stephon Diggs will be my hero on offense. What do you got for me? I mean that that right there is pretty good. I would love to see Trey back strong. If if he does play, and I would love to see him play. I want to see him come back strong. I want to see him take one from over the head of Justin Jefferson. I think if Trey comes back and he is playing, he's going to be ready to go. And I want to see a hero effort and hero game out of Trey White. Um, that'll be my defensive hero. I mean, he's he's had a lot of time off. You know, it's a lot to come back from. An ACL is a huge injury, especially playing cornerback in the NFL. It is a huge injury to come back from. So I would love to see him have a game day. Um, I'd love to see him get a pick. I'd love to see him knock some balls away, keep Justin Jefferson low on the yardage scale. Um, Offense-wise, I think, like you said, Diggs is 
Josh even said he's had this game marked on his calendar. He is ready for this game. Anyone else, if we're putting the ball on the ground, I want to see little James Cook yeah, get a okay. big-time run and show his brother that he can do it too. This is the first game that they have ever played together. When James Cook went into college as a freshman, his brother had graduated and gone into the NFL. They had never, ever had a chance to play against each other or on the same team, I'm assuming. So in that sense, this is a big game for the Cook brothers. I would love to see James Cook. I don't think he will be the hero, so to speak, but I want to see him Maybe. feeling good. I want to I want to see Maybe. him, you know, light up. Honestly, I think that the whole Dalvin Cook versus James Cook storyline is incredibly underrated. I can't believe it's anything great. about that. I think yeah. sometimes that opens up the door for one of the magical moments where either big brother's going to do something or little brother's going to do something. So let's hope that you're right and it's going to be little brother that does something. Because yeah. we need the Buffalo Bills to return to form, even if they're to go without Josh Allen, of course. That's the most important mm. thing. So I like that. And, uh, you know, Alicia agrees with you. Yes, against Big Bro. And she also thinks that Knox is going to have a big game. And I uh, I hope so. But at this moment, Knox is still having, you know, struggled to really get meshed with the offense as of uh, yeah. as of late. He's had the two touchdowns short, but outside of that, not too much going. So uh, for those of you just now tuning in, hit that like and share button. You're live here in the sit down on the Built in Buffalo Network with myself, Sauce God, and Connor Mahady. And we're going to talk about this one, which is going to be a real different vibe for me. Final score predictions this week, because normally I'm always giving the Bills 40, right? And now this week, I don't even know where I'm going to go. But Bills by Bills by 100, obviously. Bills by a um, billion. Why not? 56 nothing? Just kidding. What do you got for me as far as final score predictions, Connor? Oh, shoot. So, I see us bringing home 31 points. Mm-hmm. I see them putting up 27. 31-27. I see that being the score for us. I think it's going to be something like 28-24, Bills. And, yep. I, and, and that's, or, or somewhere on that line. And that's, I think, us keeping the you know the, the Vikings a little humble and a couple turnovers and us yep. playing some sound football mm-hmm. and just kind of getting the job done. I still would like to think that Case Keenum is more than capable of coming in mm-hmm. and getting the job done, and that's why we brought him here to do that. Hell, Matt Barkley stepped in in 2018, and I mean, it might have been against the Jets, but he stepped in as a third-string quarterback and won a football game. Mm-hmm. Derek uh, Anderson had us like at least – well, he didn't have us anywhere. The defense for the Bills had us somewhere. But really, <laughs> you bring backup quarterbacks in and you pay them a lot of money because you bring them in one time a year and, hey, that's the only time in the year you need them. And you got to trust them. The job. So yeah. at the end of the day – if obviously if Josh Allen doesn't play, you know, saying that he didn't play is a pretty good reason to say if we lost the football game. But yeah. Case Keenum's got to come in this week and he's going to have to do his job. So 28-24 for me. Uh, let's check it with the comments real quick. Move to Star Scott's wing of the week. Uh, we got 21-24. Uh, well, 24-21 he means then, Bills. 28-13, Bills. Okay. I got that. And will we see Rhodes this week? Honestly, in place really? of Kyrie Lam, I would hope so. I would hope so. Is he even healthy yet? I, dude, like this isn't you know we pay we sign you for a year and you just hang out. It's not that you're gonna have to get on. You're I, gonna have to go. I out haven't there. heard his name since we saw him get signed. 
saw like, a day don't, later. Don't, don't do Savante Davis stuff injury. either. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, man. I don't <laughs> Let's know. I hope think we see Rhodes. He's got to play. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not saying he's gonna be a leap, but like, dude, you you can't come here that be out four weeks. You should have been in shape the whole time. Like, really, if we're, you're gonna we're ask, we're saving him for the free playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, we're saving our biggest weapon, Xavier Rhodes, right? Yeah. yeah. Bonte Davis is actually going to come back at halftime of the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, right? You guys are live here to sit down on Built the Buffalo. Friday nights are the new primetime slot here on Built the Buffalo's Network, which is on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, we have a show coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right after this, and this will be the new trend for Friday nights. Connor, I'm, I'm stoked, man, because what a better yeah. way to start your Friday off of a, an NFL weekend when you're going to see the Bills and, with Sauce God and whoever he's got on the show with him, whether it's Montage, Connor, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're going to come in yeah. here, get the energy, get the analysis, get the injury report, and you're going to maybe sometimes hear me yell at the national media. And also, you're going to get – a free recommendation for Sauce God's Wing of the Week, Connor, this week. I'm actually going to toss it up to here. i just been, like, okay. trying to figure out the right one, right? And this is I'm actually going to give to Rochester. Little okay. dive bar, little Irish dive bar that I've actually been to with Joe Pratt. Now, we were – I think it was during COVID. I'm just – I got my hair cut. And I'm like, yo, let's look up wings in the area and just go to somewhere and I'll review them. <laughs> and we come across Carol's Bar, which had – a really delicious okay. beer there. I think it was called Carlsberg. I'm like, okay, that's a good start. But their hot wings were phenomenal. They were so perfectly crispy. It was a hot, sunny day. I'll tell you what, I devoured a nice 20 of them. Beautiful, right? So Carol's Bar in Rochester, New York. Regular hot. Thumb sauce God sent you. Of course, that is my sauce God wing of the week. And that is going to actually do it for us here in the sit down. Let's take a look at some of the more comments that we before we uh, sign out here. But Rochester, well, that's ironic. I did not know that. Fun as hell to go there, said Joe. Exactly. So, as uh, as we always say here in Built to Buffalo, uh, go Bills. I want to say thank you to everybody for liking and sharing, tuning in. And, uh, again, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the Bills chat uh, coming on to their inaugural show for Built in Buffalo, which is really, really exciting stuff. And I'm really happy to be at the forefront of it. I want to say thank you, Dave Myers. Shout out to Montage, by the way. He was out there powering all of San Francisco, California with God knows whatever engineering stuff he does. And I want to say to all of you Bills Mafia, see you at the game this weekend because Brad LaPaglia, who's actually a big fan of the show and a family friend of mine, I'm sitting here last uh, last night and I had, I've had a great week, right, Connor? He goes, says, hey, are you going to the game? I, I, I'm not going this week. He said, well, can I? Can I can I grant you a wish and have you come to the football game? I'm like, are you serious? So I want to say this too about Bills Mafia. You guys are the best fan base. I don't have a car at the moment. I choose not to. So sometimes, you know, you're a little bit limited on means of getting somewhere, right? But not me. I put out there on Facebook, hey, Bills Mafia, anybody going from Rochester no. area towards the game? Two guys. Yeah, come on with us. Well, we're leaving early. Is that okay with you? What time is early? 530. Let's go. That's like it's on time to me. I said that just Let's means go. you get to the lot earlier. You're just there on time. You know what I mean? You're no stresses. <laughs> you're there. You drink your water, you eat your food, and then you do what you got to yeah. do at that point. So, Bills Mafia is the most incredible yep. fan base in all sports and awesome stuff. I'll see you guys there this weekend. So, feel free to come find me. You'll see me at the right carpet in and the mud lot this weekend, which is going to be a hell of a time. Connor, I wish you could be there, brother. But I know we will be hitting games very soon, my friend. So, Thank January. you as well. I'll be there. For joining. Yeah, of course, you talked about January. You're coming back for whew, yeah. mint time, bro. 
We're going to have to get into some like real knockout stuff down there. But I want to thank you, of course, for being a co-host with me this week and turning with me this of weekend. Course. From all of us here at Built the Buffalo and here in the sit-down, join us here back at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next weekend. And, of course, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>